All right, so we got Truth on Duty with Back to Basics Magazine. How are you? Yes. Oh, I'm fantastic. How are you? Great, great. So I will not take too much of your time, but definitely wanted to get you on the line to talk about uh, religion and Christianity yeah. <laughs> as um, your latest project on the topic yeah. has been just very revolutionary. It is um, oh, yeah. great mm. content that's mm. informative, it's informing the faith, and um, mm. it's really, uh, on a personal level, has been educational for me. Mm. Uh, mm. So, uh, Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. Yeah, he is so good and so on time. Um, yes. <laughs> I want to just mention a line that you said, um, and mm-hmm. it is, uh, the truth is the truth, whether we believe it or not. And yeah. <laughs> talk about, like, this mass exodus of people who are denouncing Christianity, calling it the yeah. copycat faith. Um, mm-hmm. it's becoming so yeah. popular these days to um, yeah. denounce the truth. And so can you uh, just give your thoughts on, um, you know, why you say the truth is the truth, whether you believe it or not, um, what would you say to those who are denouncing the truth? Yeah, well, I would start by, um, I would start by just saying that we are in a very difficult time um and what we're finding is that as Jesus said that in the last days uh even the very elect will be deceived um Paul the apostle I think it's uh if I'm not mistaken it's chapter 3 I believe of Colossians one of those epistles <laughs> mm-hmm. uh where he says where he says um he says continue in what you have learned and in the context is Basically, um, it's in the context of people that have been deceived, that have fallen away, um, mm-hmm. and have become deceivers. Um, and in that context, couched in that context, Paul the Apostle urges the believers to continue in what they learned from the beginning. And, you know, more specifically, he's talking to Timothy, so what he learned from Eunice and Lois, his grandmother and his mother, which the Bible says in Acts, that they taught him um the scriptures they told him the, the holy scriptures so um i think that one of the things that's going to be that's critical for christians right now is really um continuing and asking for continuing in the foundation that has been established and really uh praying for god um the holy spirit to continue to uh, solidify and and uh, continue to uh, crystallize um, the truth that we've um, just embraced um, in Christ. So um, I wanted to just start by saying that because I think that's I think that's a critical piece right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because we we have um, to a large uh, to a large degree uh, just fallen victim to the spirit of our times, which. Um, to your question, it, basically, we are in a time where of where the West has embraced the West has become the East 
ideologically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, in other words, um, in, in, in Western culture, we have been, you know, in Western culture, we uh, historically have started with presuppositions. You know, we started with some foundational truths, right? Um, <laughs> even if it was, even if people, even if, uh, even, even if it was not, even when it, if, even the times where it hasn't been grounded in anything mm-hmm. uh, objective, people have always, in the West, that is, uh, had these presuppositions, right? That, so that made it, the conversation about truth much easier some years ago, right? Because we were all pretty much starting at least with, uh, we were all starting at least with the notion that uh, there is some sort of absolute truth, um, you know, that there is a God, that he can be known. You know, these were our presuppositions, you know. Yeah. Um, but since the East, uh, since we have um, just increasingly over the past, I don't know, decade or so, probably even more, uh, been embracing the um, ideologies of the West, of the East, um, you know, we have become uh, a lot of those the, the, a lot of the lines are a lot, you know, are more mud, are muddier now. The lines are muddier now, and those presuppositions have kind of been thrown thrown away. Um, so, um, because you know, in you know, uh, Eastern religions like Hinduism and Buddhism, um, you know, they're you know they're a lot more wide open. You know, they're I think in I think in, in I think they have something uh, like six hundred and thirty three. Uh, deities, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, um, you know, our cultures are very different. Uh, Western culture, Western culture is, you know, like one or the other. Again, you know, it, it, we've always kind of been, um, you know, a lot more exclusive, you know, one or the yeah. other. You even see it in, in pop culture. You see, you know, in our magazines and, you know, the back of the, of the magazines, it's like, who wore the dress best, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like we want to pick one or the other. Uh, last year, the big in in in, in sports, the, the big rivalry was, you know, Stephen Curry or LeBron. You know, we're not a culture, we're not a culture who is really, uh, you know, is um, we're not a we're not a both and type of culture. We're like one or the other, right? In hip hop, it's like top five. Like you got to put people in these very uh, limited, narrow categories. Yeah. But in Eastern religion, but in Eastern thought, it's just the opposite. It's both and. It's not one or the other. And so that though that ideology has pretty much about permeated. Uh, Western thought now, and now with that being the case, uh, we are wide open. All, all, any and all things that are that even have a semblance of exclusivity are thrown behind us, uh, you know. And in the name of tolerance, and in the and in the name of love, um, we have um, essentially um, got. You know, uh, we're essentially erasing all the lines and getting rid of anything that has uh, uh, any any resemblance of objectivity. Um, so, I think we're in a really hard space. The, here, here's the thing, though: uh, regardless of what people deem to be true or not, it actually has no bearing on truth itself. And that was the point. The point of 
that line. Um, just because someone determines that something is not exclusive does not mean that it's not exclusive, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, what I believe about a thing doesn't change the nature of it, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that in our culture, that is kind of the, uh, the, the false assumption. The assumption is that truth is truth on the basis of whether or not I believe it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, right. But we know that that's that that's not in keeping with reality, actually. Right. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to me because we, when it comes to religious truth, we think that we come, we have a way we have this we have a way of compartmentalizing, right? Mm-hmm. So that when it comes to religious truth, we think that religious truth and historical truth, or religious truth and scientific truth are not the same, right? We think they're different, right? Right, so when we think about, so when, you, when I'm having conversations with people, you know, they automatically, now the, the new starting point is how can anybody know? Again, that's that Eastern way of thinking, right? <laughs> how can anybody know what is true? How can anybody know what is right? How can anybody know what is just? Again, the problem with that is we don't see, if you, if that is your, if that's your um, uh, reasoning, then that lot you, you you can't live this life in any uh, you can't live this life in any reasonable way if you take that logic to its final conclusion. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Like in other words, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in other words. This, this 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 whole notion that nobody can know anything, nobody can know what is true, nobody can know what is just, nobody can know this, nobody can know that. You can't apply that. To, you can't apply that in most areas of life, in most places, in in most of the places of life, and in most of the arenas of life. You can't apply that to sports. Sports has rules, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. The players can't make up the rules as they go. <laughs> they have to submit and subject themselves to the objective rules, right? Mm-hmm. And the consequences of those, right, the consequences that follow. Um, you know, at the workplace in corporate America, you you don't just, you don't go to my, to your boss to my, this, these, all, all these stipulations are narrow. You want me to come in here with a suit and tie? Why can't I come in here with tennis shoes and skinny jeans, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You can't, why? Because there's, because there have been there have been uh, standards, objective standards set in place that don't allow you to have the kind of wiggle room that you would even like to have, right? So, yes. uh, so people who are um, are more inclined to uh, reason that way, um, people who are more more inclined to reason that way, find themselves in a pickle and in a hard place when you push them. Because it doesn't apply to anything, watch this, except religion. Because when it comes to religion and when it comes to God, now all of a sudden you can now, you can now start a new, like you can establish a new rule of thumb when it comes to God and say, well, who can know? You can, now people just establish a new rule of thumb and just say, oh, well, there's no way, there's no way for, for anybody to be certain. Well, but that doesn't apply anywhere else in life. Mm. Follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't you can't apply that you can't apply that line of thinking to any other area of your life. And so, um, going back to my original 
to my premise. My premise was that religious truth and historical truth are not different. And I think that one of the things that it's important, in other words, the same test of truth that, I mean, the, 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 the same test of, of truth that you, uh, that we apply to determining whether or not historical facts are accurate or not, right? Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. same test of truth that we, uh, apply, employ in order to determine whether or not scientific facts are accurate are the same uh, is the same test of truth that we have to apply, uh, employ in order to determine whether or not religious truth is accurate. And so I think that it's uh, unfair. I think that it's um, a, a, a faulty assumption uh, to uh, to not see truth as truth as truth as truth. And so uh, mm-hmm. with that said, uh, with, with that said, and I'm going to shut up after this, but with that said, um, I think that um uh, I think that for for us I think we have to start the conversation there now. The conversation can't start with the Bible because people don't even believe in any objective standard of truth. There's no metric of which we can determine whether or not things are true or false and the Bible represents that, right? Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. so now we have to do, and because you can't argue for the Bible from from the Bible <laughs> we we have to now now we have to become more savvy and uh really just more equipped in our understanding of which is good for Christians I think uh, mm-hmm. but more equipped more equipped uh, more thoroughly equipped in our understanding of um uh uh, uh in our understanding of um, how and why the Bible is the incredible source. Uh, the credible, a credible source by which we can uh, find accurate truth about who God is. So mm-hmm. I know I said a lot in there. Yeah. Yes, you said so much. But thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the very last thing you said, um, you know, saying the Bible is credible. That is yeah. our whole mission um, with Back to Basics magazine. Uh, we call it Back to Basics because it's nothing new. It's what God has already yeah. said told us in his word, and um, yeah. there's a acronym that some people use for the Bible, and they call it Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth, and right. it is exactly what you said, that objective standard or rules that um, is true, and so um, That's right. you mentioned, uh, you know, when decades ago when we were kind of starting out, they, there were these predispositions. Um, uh, and I think those are the basics. Like we had the basics, and now mm. that's been diluted. And um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Kind of leading people elsewhere. And you yeah, know, looking at the looking at the mythology, looking at um, yeah, what yeah. they can see written, you know, predated. Well, I, I, yeah. Well, I think that interestingly enough. Here's 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 the thing about this. Um, I think one of the reasons why you have so many people that are uh, defecting from the faith. Number one, you have to pay attention. I think we have to pay attention to who's defecting, um, um, because the baby boomers are not defecting from the faith by and large. Um, mm-hmm. The baby boomer generation, that is, uh, is primarily the the millennials. Now, the millennials are 
considered to be what's called the discontinuous generation. In other words, millennials, let's, hold, let's just say the four generations that uh, preceded the millennials had four out of five core values uh, in common, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say those core values were fear of God, respect for um, your elders, you know, whatever, just you just come up with four, right? Mm-hmm. And this is actually fact. This is factual too, right? This is statistically, right? So four out of five of the core values that the uh, the four generations prior to of the millennials all had four core values in common. The millennial generation literally only has one out of those five in common with the previous four. <laughs> you follow yeah. me? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's. It's been labeled the discontinuous generation. Okay. Well, what is one of the core values that the millennials have abandoned? Well, one of the core values is presuppositions. One of the core values is, is literally anything that was, that has historically been rooted in tradition of any sort, right? Mm-hmm. So the millennial generation wants to be free from anything that has, that is considered to be a traditional value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you follow me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's one of the challenges that we're having. Uh, we're also dealing we're also dealing with um, a sociological issue, right, which I think that the reason why people are defecting from the Christian faith is really less about theology and more about sociology. Because if you begin to have the conversation, especially with people that are more drawn to the mystery religions, which would be, like you said, Egyptology or uh, Kemetic uh, Orthodox, uh, the Kemet Orthodox or, um, you know, whoever, the Hebrew Israelites. Well, the Hebrew Israelites wouldn't be mystery, but the Kemet Orthodox or Egyptology, you know, they, that's where basically a lot of those te- teachings about Christianity being plagiarized and being a copycat religion, all of that, all of that's happening in the mystery religions. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you notice that for the most part, that appeals not just to millennials in the broader sense, that really appeals more to people of color. Yeah. And the reason why that appeals primarily to people of color is because in those religions, what people are able to do now is something that they haven't been able to do historically with the Christian church, and that is integrate both their ethnicity with their faith. Mm. See, one of the biggest challenges with the church, even in the black church, in as much as there has even been a black church, um, one of the biggest challenges is that we have, uh, we have, uh, uh, we have allowed for, um, we, we, uh, we have basically, allowed for um what's what I'm looking for that we have allowed for there to to be this kind of uh, so we haven't addressed the issue of ethnicity that's the best way to put it mm-hmm. right and if we have we've idolized it so here's one of two things that has happened in the church we've either when it comes to ethnicity we've either ignored it or idolized it right mm-hmm. we've either mm-hmm. idolized it or we've ignored it right yeah. And for the people that have idolized it, what you end up with is, um, what you end up with is really not Christianity at all. You just end up with this very, you know, pro-black, you know, socially yes. conscious movement <laughs> with a hint, with a hint of Jesus. 
right? <laughs> but, but, but for the people who have ignored it, <laughs> um, but for the people who have ignored it, what you ended up with, what you end up with is a very whitewashed, uh, Christianity that where you, where the imago day is, which is the image of, uh, the image of God is, um, um, car- caricaturized. Another, you know, in other words, distorted. In other words, people can't, uh, see, because uh, our ethnicity is part of what it means to be made in the image of God. So when that is uh, affected or impacted negatively, it affects how people see God, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so within, so I'm, I'm saying that to say that a lot of, I think that we have to, um, again, people are drawn away because of the depravity of their own hearts. So I'm not getting away from that uh, fundamental belief, Christian uh, belief. Uh, but at the same time, we do also understand that there are a lot of external contributing factors as well. And one is that, you know, we have been in the black, in the black church bombarded, uh, with white images of who Christ is. So now what ends up, so now the result of that is, uh, when, you know, in the, in the black lives matter, uh, in a Black Lives Matters world where people are becoming more conscientious and people are kind of looking to define, people of color are looking to find definition and, uh, you know, find their place in history mm-hmm. and things of that nature. You know, when, when they think of Christianity, there's a disconnect because every image that they were ever exposed to, uh, had nothing to do with their, their race or mm-hmm. as their ethnic group, right? Yes. So the picture of Jesus is on the white stained glass, the image of Jesus in the Passion of the Christ, the image of Noah, the image of Moses, and, you know, every blockbuster hit, there has these, all of these, the image of Jesus with the, you know, with the white lamb and the, and the staff and a trickle of blood on the back of the, in the of, on the front of the fan that sits in the back of the church pew. These are the only images that, that they have ever had. So they, so they've come up with, so, uh, so, so now, you know, when we're in this era of we're, fi- you know, kind of finding ourselves, you know, and mm-hmm. somebody, and, and somebody comes along, and aside from that, Christianity mm-hmm. was handed down to us by our slave masters, which is true mm-hmm. for African Americans, not for people of color mm-hmm. as a whole, right? <laughs> right, because Christianity predates, obviously, uh, uh, the, the uh, transatlantic, uh, transatlantic slave trade. So, um, so, you know, since the second, since the second century, Christianity has been in Africa and Ethiopia, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not talking about people of color as a whole, but for African Americans, we mm-hmm. did get it from our slave masters. So when you put all of that together, black people, people of color start to feel like, wait a minute, this is not my religion. This is their religion. This mm-hmm. is the religion of the people that have oppressed us. And what that does is that leaves a gap. That makes them, that makes people vulnerable. Uh, that makes people vulnerable. And then these mystery religions swoop in and say, see, really what's been going on is that white man that you've been talking about, that mm-hmm. man right there is responsible for that, that Christian stuff. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. here's all the stuff that he's been hiding from you. And then that's when we get into the copycat stuff. So it's, you know, Satan is strategic. <laughs> Satan, yes. Satan, is, Satan is strategic and he knows he's, and he's patient. 
that's one that's one characteristic that we don't remember about uh, that we don't, we don't remember about Satan. But he's really really patient, and this has been this has been something that's been in the works for a long time. Uh, for a long time, just to kind of bring it to this point where now there's kind of an all-out war. And this, the last thing I want to say is people, the other reason why people are defecting from the faith uh, and going to uh, more Eastern religions is because what not – now, this is not people of color. Now, this is on the uh, – our, our white brothers and sisters. You know, the church has A, the church – well, it's all of us in one sense, but the church is A – we believe in something objective, you know, but in a, in a, in a tolerant world, that's not attractive, right? Mm-hmm. And what Eastern religions do is they say basically everything is subjective. You just, you find, you, you're finding your own path, right? Yeah. Everything yeah. is about finding your own, <laughs> finding your own path, your own path to God. Um, and, you know, they even lump Jesus in, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, sure. Throw him in there, too. Why not? Right? <laughs> it's much like what Paul's witness in Acts 17, where the Bible says he went up to the Areopagus on Mars Hill, and he looked around and he saw all of those altars uh, that were had been erected to various gods. He says, mm-hmm. and because they didn't want to miss, and they, because they, they wanted to cover all of their bases, they even had, uh, they, they, they even had one, uh, one of their altars erected to the unknown God. That was basically mm-hmm. just to cover all their bases. <laughs> um, <laughs> so n- 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 nothing, nothing has changed. This is not this is not new, um, but it but it is uh, but it is relevant and it is prevalent. So my my point is that Christianity Christianity uh, in the West has been very objective. It's been very you know uh, here are the five core you know five cardinal cardinal tenets of the Christian faith. These are the things that you should believe. This is orthodox. This is an orthodox belief system. This is how you flesh out your Christianity. And it's been it, 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 based on where we are now. It could be viewed as very having been very rote and mechanical, right? And people want freedom now. That's what the that's what the 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 the, the new. Uh, emphasis is on, right? <laughs> freedom, yeah. freedom of expression, freedom of religion, freedom of this and freedom of that, right? So, um, and so as, as people kind of weigh Christianity, which is more objective, more mechanical, and not, and lacking in experience, because what people want today is experience. Think about the Eastern religions. They're mystical. It's mysticism. It's, <laughs> you know, there, yes. There's that, there's that, right? There's that sense that you you can, you know, your inner peace, your the the God within you. It's angels. It's it's a lot of mysticism and, and things that are mystical. Well, a lot of Christianity should be that, you know. Christianity is mystical for sure, <laughs> you know. But once you relegate Christianity to the list of cardinal truths. That are, and it becomes more cerebral than experiential. Then, when mm-hmm. people measure us against them, they say, ah, "I want something that's a little more, you know, liberated, <laughs> so to speak." Yeah. So, there's a lot of reasons as to why people are defecting from the faith now. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, you mentioned um, in this Western culture the idea of being forced to choose, like either or, and that is what you talk about in your um, track, The Color Purple. Mm, um, yeah. 
and I love it because um, it's, it's, you know, getting rid of the division within the church yeah. and kind of bringing the body of Christ together. Um, yeah. Uh, there is a line in there that really stuck out to me. Um, I am in a Seventh-day Adventist, and um, he said, uh, now they think I'm bad business because I'm hanging out with Adventists. Yeah, (laughs) of course. (laughs) Um, Again, um, so I grew up, um, as I mentioned in the song, conservative. Um, I grew up, um, you know, surrounded by people um, that had more conservative leanings, both theologically and um, both in, in theology and in expression, mm-hmm. if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but as I got older, um, now as I, that was my circle when I was younger. Mm-hmm. As I got older, and um, I was, because I was a musician before I was an artist. Mm. And as I got older, being a musician put me in different arenas, and I ended up around a, a different type of people, which were different types of Christians, which were Christians that were more charismatic in their theology and in their expression. So these now I'm being exposed more to people who run around the church, you know, um, and who, you know, are, um, you know, who you know, believe in the perpetuity of the gifts, you know, uh, you know, basically the, the sign of revelatory gifts, tongues and prophecies and things of that nature. And um, so having, having been exposed to Christians on, the, on that side, which I hate the fact that it's when we think, we're even thinking of these eyes, but I think you understand yes. what I'm saying. Yes. Um, yeah. Then I became exposed to Christians that were more on that side of the spectrum. Um, and one of the things that I found, and I'm going to get to the seven day, um, but one of the things that I found, um, the long and short of it is one of the things that I found is that both were necessary, um, you know, not one or the other necessarily, mm-hmm. but both and because um, I loved having a, you know, being solid theologically, but one of the challenges that I found uh uh, around my friends that were more uh, in, in the community that was more cerebral is that they weren't as loving, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, they didn't necessarily know how to respond when I fell. You know, they didn't they didn't mm-hmm. know when I fell when others of my friends fell, and I because I came from that, I was actually that way when others fell. So I saw it even in my own life. Mm-hmm. Whereas the believers who were on the other side, quote unquote. Um, you know, they, you know, they, and they were the type to say, hey, come here, come, let, we, we want to cover you, we want to love on you, we're going to make sure you're good. Um, <laughs> and, and, but then on the charismatic side of things, what I found was Christians that were really loving and, and giving and, um, you know, and I loved their expression of worship and things of that nature, but there were gaps in their theology, you know, so what I found is that, man, <laughs> first of all, there's beauty on both sides, uh, you know, the, the Republicans and the Democrats. There's actually <laughs> value in both. 
um, there's value in on both sides of. I'm just using that as an example, but I'm saying there's values on both sides of the spectrum in Christendom, and how you know how beautiful would it be to kind of integrate uh, both worlds in my own heart, and even look for ways to reach across the aisles and you know kind of be a bridge to bring these worlds together because we need each other really. That's the bottom line. <laughs> That's what Jesus yes. So. Um, <laughs> Um, so that's kind of the that that was the journey that I kind of went on. But again, um, as I was evolving um, to your question, as I was evolving, I was afraid because you know we are social beings and mm-hmm. we care what people think, regardless of what we say. Mm-hmm. Um, we can say I don't care all we want, but God wired us to care. Mm-hmm. And if we don't care, it's because we have suppressed that part of us, not because <laughs> you probably that's, that's it's not it, it's it's not happening. It's not natural for it to happen. So, um, you know, I cared about what my community thought because there were a lot of preachers, pastors, denominations, uh, doctrines that my community was bent on kind of un- undermining and uprooting. And I'm not saying that uh, some of them, if not many of, and not uh, not many of them. Uh, had their challenges, mm-hmm. uh, but what I am saying is, um, but what I'm saying is that so so what I'm saying is that but uh, because because that was such a uh, point heavy point of emphasis in my community, when I started to feel really comfortable around a lot of my new industry friends, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know, and I started to even feel comfortable adopting, you know, and embracing some of the things that historically I might have kind of thrown away because all of my friends were. <laughs> you follow yes. me? Uh, uh, and, again, it wasn't just because they were. It's because, you know, I, I, I was looking for it in the Bible as well. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is that, you know, I was, I was intimidated and I was kind of fearful to, you know, really be open about that, um, you know. And, and so uh, because I didn't want to be, uh, outcasted, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, I didn't want to be put. I didn't want to be put on the outs. And so, um, interestingly enough, um, <laughs> three of my business partner, partners a few years back ended up becoming um, were uh, Seven Day Adventists. Mm. <laughs> so, and Seven Day Adventists were that you know the Seven Day Adventists were in that that number of denominations when I was younger mm-hmm. that I was taught. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying. Um, so as, mm-hmm. but as I, you know, built relationship, I'm like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> like, be my homies, be my brothers, you know what I'm saying? Um, and whatever, whatever differences we had, we talked through them, and we kept it pushing. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I'm yeah, we talked through them, we kept it pushing. So mm-hmm. um, that's what I've learned over the years. I've learned to, A, appreciate um, um, Christians from every side of the spectrum. Um, I've learned to embrace those differences and even adopt some of them as my own. Um, mm-hmm. And I've learned that the principle of um, of love really being greater than any doctrinal system. Um, so that's kind of where that song came from in that line. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. A good, great explanation. Uh, so, 
uh, in the end, you do say uh, God didn't come up with religion. Um, yeah. And so uh, there's another line that you say, is it okay to be righteous and ratchet? <laughs> and ratchet? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you say to that? Is God? Um, yeah. Well, of course not. <laughs> uh, it, that chorus actually, the perfectly human chorus, mm-hmm. um, that song confuses a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. But it's good, though. That's the point of it. That was the point. Mm-hmm. Um, not to confuse, but to be provocative in that kind of way. Yeah. Uh, in a way that made people think, yeah. So, but... Uh, really, in, uh, re- essentially, what I what I was doing there was kind of um, trying to uh, uh, uproot this idea. Um, I guess there's a time where both and uh, can't be applied, and that mm-hmm. is when it comes yeah. to, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to uh, serving the Lord. Uh, there is a narrowness about it, um, mm-hmm. and. There's a narrowness about it, um, and um, I, I, what I find though um, is that the, so many of us, um, you know, Charlemagne the God, you know, is, is one. He's one of the hosts of the Breakfast Club. If you're not familiar with him, mm-hmm. um, and, and, yeah, okay, cool. And he's basically he's the one who he always says that he always says I'm a little bit righteous and ratchet. And what I'm finding is that that has become more commonplace. Um, and widely acceptable um, in the church even. So, for example, um, you know, to, when I look at when I look at culture, right, mm-hmm. um, when I, that for, for African-Americans, church Christianity is just as much a part of our culture as hip-hop. Historically, that's changing. Yeah. With every in light of everything we talked about earlier, with regards to the mystery religions, you know, the idea that it's the white man's religion and things of that nature, that's yeah. shifting it that dynamic a little bit. But black black the black church is much is to be differentiated from the white church in that in the white church Christianity is not a part of the fabric of their culture, but in black church because of our history. Mm-hmm. Um, Black, uh, Christianity is very much a part of our culture, mm-hmm. and so because because it's so much a part of our culture, it becomes very difficult to really discern who's in the faith and who's not. It becomes increasingly more difficult because many African Americans will claim to be Christians, mm-hmm. except there's nothing about them <laughs> aside, aside from what they're telling you that would give you that impression. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when as we watch reality t- television, the Braxton family, they claim to be Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, there's nothing, everything about them is contrary to their confession of faith. Um, again, um, the Kendrick Lamars, again, I'm not saying he's not a Christian, so please, mm-hmm. I want yeah. you to write all of this, including that. I'm not saying they're not Christians. That I cannot judge. Mm-hmm. I cannot say that uh, con- 
<laughs> Kanye West is not a Christian only because I'm not God. But if I had to gauge based on fruit, if I had to gauge yeah. based on what, what he's given us, everything else aside from his confession of faith would scream the opposite. So, uh, so for the perfectly human song is really a little bit of sarcasm because people use that, that lot, the people use that, uh, I don't know what you call it, but that phrase perfectly yeah. human to justify this idea that we can, well, I'm just human basically. Like everything now is just boiled down to God understands. I'm just a human. You follow me? So, the the bar has been lowered, and being human, much like in Greek culture, has become the standard by which we measure what the goal should be. <laughs> you follow me? You follow me? So now the goal really is no greater than my humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I wanted to emphasize in that song, which is uh, which I do in the third verse, is the beautiful thing about Christianity is the fact that God became a human in order to establish that standard for us as well. (laughs) So we would know what it looked like to just be human, (laughs) right? Yeah. Right? So um, I really um, just kind of wanted to address this cultural Christianity um, that is, you know, uh, very much uh, saturating um, especially the, the the black church, you know, it's the reason why, in my opinion, a chance the rapper gets that spot on the Grammys. Why is it that Christ, the those who have served faithfully, and I really don't care, so I'm, this is not like hate, and and, and I love Chance. I, there's a lot I like. There's a lot that I love about Chance. Yeah. So this is not even about Chance, in as much as it is the reason for which he's so widely accepted even amongst the world. Because remember, Jesus says, if everybody loves you, that's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. So right. the reason why he's so widely accepted and embraced is because he represents both and. He represents somebody who can, in one song, sing How Great Is Our God, which I think he's sincere, but then in another song, the, other, the, the very next song can smoke something. Right. Mm-hmm. See, so he represents a very duplicitous Christianity again, which gets back to Eastern being the, that Eastern ideology and cultural Christianity working in tandem together, uh, working in tandem with one another because there's a little bit of both. People want it all. You can't you can't just say it's one or this. People want it. They want it both ways. They want cake and they want to eat it too. So. Um, so what I'm so the so the so the purpose of that song was to really just highlight the fact that God has in His Son demonstrated for us the standard by which we should be measuring even our humanity. <laughs> you follow me? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that's what perfectly human is all about. Great. Thank you. So on yeah. this journey of your life, this is my last question. Um, yeah. You have. Uh, verbally expressed you having the struggle um, when you've done your research and um, yeah. you know, the new ideas have been presented to you, you were in the struggle. So how do you yeah. or how did you uh, get back mm. to your basics? How did you get back to the basics in your walk with Christ? 
Yeah, um, you know, I, 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 I consider my, by God's grace I made it because you look around, so many people go through that crisis mm-hmm. uh, and that those bouts with doubt, and they don't come out on the other end like I did. They come out, they come out as atheist or <laughs> Egyptologist or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah. So um, I am grateful that um, I am grateful to the Lord for um, just uh, just preserving me, um, preserving me. This is why Jesus spends put such a heavy emphasis on persevere until the end. You see that mm-hmm. countless times throughout the Gospels, mm-hmm. where Jesus is just prodding uh, his people uh, to persevere to continue. Again, Paul's language was continue. You see that over and over and over in the epistles. Continue in what you've learned. Just because we are in uh, a time where it's easy, uh, it's easy to be deceived and it's easy uh, uh, to have your faith uprooted if it's not grounded in, in anything firm. Which is why the, Paul stresses be rooted and established in the faith. Be firmly planted. Uh, David says we, uh, um, that we should be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters, you know, um, mm-hmm. s- you know, uh, so that our, our, weaves, our leaves do not wither. So, um, so at any, at any rate, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that the Lord is preserving me. Um, but, yeah, I went through a very difficult time, especially when I was in college, um, mm-hmm. trying to reconcile. That was the first time I was introduced to this notion uh, that Christianity was uh, that Christianity was a, was a copycat religion, and that mm-hmm. the Old Testament narratives were really just copy and pasted versions of ancient Near Eastern uh, mythological stories. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and when I was first exposed to that, I was thrown off because of the dates. The dates is what threw me off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because those those stories had predated. Uh, the biblical accounts by so many years, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, how, how did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, so, um, and, and so one of the ways that uh, I was able to kind of uh, overcome that those seasons was through research. That was one way. Uh, and I believe the Spirit of God works through all of that. Because sometimes when Christians hear research, they think you're taking God out of it. <laughs> but that's actually yeah. not that's actually not the case. They think you're taking the Holy Spirit out of it. That's mm-hmm. actually not the case. As a matter of fact, um, the opposite is true in Scripture. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, scripture, uh, the Scriptures encourage us to not just be readers of the Word, but researchers of the Word, so that we are equipped enough to not just proclaim, but explain our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so, uh, one of the ways that, um, one of the things that God used to get me through was just research, because it sent me into a, 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 a frenzy of yes. just pulling out, <laughs> finding every book that I could, calling every scholarly person that I knew, to try to reconcile these timelines. And so, so, so for example, let's just say uh, with the historical, the biblical historical narratives of like Adam and Eve or Noah and uh, Noah or um, Tower of Babel, um, mm-hmm. those were stories that were, again, said to have been copycat. But what I found is that um, the, the, it's not that, it's not that 
they were written first. That's true. But mm-hmm. the fact that they were written first, uh, the, the fact that they were written, uh, a version of them, I'm sorry, uh, the fact that a version of them was written first, mm-hmm. again, has no bearing on the source from which they came. You understand what I'm saying? So, in other words, the, when uh, those stories were all written and and um, in a time of what they call oral tradition, where basically, yeah. or oral transmission, right, where everything is just being orally transmitted, passed down uh, from generation to generation. Again, they used a, uh, they used a lot more of their brain back then, too, so they could retain a lot more than we do, even their kids could, too. Um, but, those, but those stories were orally transmitted. Uh, so, but the fact that um, in one place, um, they decided to write a version of the story that they heard um, really doesn't change the source from which it came. Um, <laughs> uh, and the fact that one person wrote it later than another, again, doesn't change the, the source, uh, doesn't change the fact that it's, it's, it's really the same source, that Moses is still the source. It's just that by the time that it got, let's just say, to, um, I can't think of a place, but by the time it got to a place where they were polytheistic, well, People who are polytheistic are going to hear the story and then create a version of it that includes, you know, uh, uh, and impose on it, impose on it, you know, their perspective of who God is or who the gods are. Um, and, and so what we had is a lot of different stories that were circulating. People wrote them down. But the, at the end of the day, which one of them got it right? And that is the question we have to ask. Mm-hmm. It's not <laughs> the question. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. The question we have to ask is which one of them got it right. And I and I think that um, when you do when you when you look at the mythological ver- versions and you weigh them against the biblical version, I think that it is clear. Um, it does become clear. Again, it's an issue of research, though. That, you know, um, but that's just one example. Um, of it, or and then I'll give you another example. The Gospels—that's what they say too. The Gospels that Jesus obviously was Horus. You know, he was really just kind of like a, a another version of like Horus and Osiris, mm-hmm. the father, and you know that whole situation. That you know, again, you have to do your research. I went out up with the Book of the Dead. You know why? Because that's where they're claiming they got this stuff from. <laughs> you, 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 you know what I'm saying? That's where they're claiming they got this. That's where they're claiming they got this stuff from. So. Uh, but what I found is uh, a couple things. Number one, you know, uh, n- n- num- uh, n- num- number one, uh, when when you look at the um, what's the way to say there? Uh, oh, when you, uh, what number one? Um, the there is a prophetic schema that runs uh, that that predates the gospel by between seven hundred and seven hundred and fifty and fifteen. Hundred years, you follow me? There, yeah. There's a prophetic schema. So, in other words, you didn't have to be a rocket science. In other words, anybody who had this story of a virgin birth, like you didn't have to. They didn't have to steal. Like that didn't have to predate it. It couldn't have predated it because the prophets had already said it. You follow what I'm saying? The prophets had there had already been a prophecy. Uh, a prophecy indicating that there would be a son born of a virgin, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so that's just an example. Of what so, so what I'm saying is that uh, you, you, we we had 
we had some, they were already, it's, it's, it's really piecemealing it together. That's really all they did. They really just, that's why I said, they just took notes. <laughs> they basically looked at what was there uh, or listened to the stories that were circulating leading up to that point and then kind of, again, did some patchwork and pieced together their own version of it. But here's the other interesting thing. Um, there are New Testament scholars that are atheists. Now, try to make sense of that. But there are New Testament scholars that are atheists. Um, I think it's Eerdman, Bart Eerdman, I think is his name. I think that's what his name is, Bart Eerdman. He's an atheist, but he's a New Testament scholar, right? So he lives his life to disprove spiritual things, religion. He lives his life to disprove the Bible, the supernatural things in the, in the scriptures. He lives his life to disprove the life of Jesus. Bart Eerdman, an atheist, said, I've done the research. I've read through all the, I've read through the book of the dead. I've read through this. I've read through that. He said, and at the end of the day, there is no, he said, at best, there are superficial similarities, but there's no way possible that the gospel writers that the gospel writers adopted their right uh, adopted the, uh, their writings from uh, ancient uh, mythology. That's an atheist. Yeah, <laughs> that's an atheist. So I'm just saying that I had to do some research, that, so that was one of the ways. And then you know, obviously, uh, and then another way what uh, that got really. Uh, worked interestingly enough is he used creation literally one time I was really doubting I was wrestling with God's existence uh, for for a couple weeks just mm -hmm. it, you know which again I'm wrestling with God about his existence but mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, wrestling, I'm wrestling with God about his existence and literally just in a moment after like two or three weeks of wrestling in my heart God said God said just look around you literally that was it mm -hmm. <laughs> just look just, just look around you I was outside at the time he said, just look around you. And in that moment, I just began to praise him because it was, it had that, that was a God, that was a Holy Spirit moment where he took the truth of Romans 1, which says the visible things are a direct result of those things that are invisible, <laughs> right? The tangible mm -hmm. things are the direct result of those things that are intangible. Um, and so th that passage resonated in my heart as, a, as creation kind of spoke to me. God used the nature uh, to, to speak to me about his Existence. So he used various things at different times, and that's such yeah. a time moves. That's what I love about him. That is so awesome. So yeah, I want to give you the opportunity too, if you want to mention anything that we haven't covered here for our readers, um, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on a yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm working on a follow up to It's complicated, and um, that's one thing. Also working on a book called What Do I Say When They Say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's basically just a book that will provide Christians with bite-sized answers to big questions. Um, the tagline will read, "Never be stumped again." Uh, so, mm -hmm. you I know, like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, it'd be you know somebody say you know Christianity, white man's religion, or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. what do I say when they say that? Well, I'm gonna, I'm doing all the heavy lifting, um, and I'm just make, I'm breaking it down. Um, and making it concise um, so that um, I'm making it concise so that when you get hit with those hard questions, you could literally just take a sneak peek at your phone or wherever you have the book at. <laughs> uh, um, get it, you know, go run to the bathroom real quick, get loaded, load up, and then come back. Right. <laughs> come back ready for yeah. Yeah. ready. 
<laughs> come, come back ready. So what do I say uh, when they say? Those are the two major uh, things that I'm working on right now. Well, congratulations. That's so exciting. And I am thankful to you. you and your ministry. Yes. Um, just praying for you and your family that God will continue to use you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for the interview, too. I know I talk a lot, but but that's the well, power of editing. <laughs> I was thinking like 15 minutes, but you've given us so many, so many good <laughs> words of encouragement. So thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Can you make sure you send it to us so that we can look it over before it's published? Absolutely. Yes. Is there a, yeah. a, did I send it to, I've been talking to Jody uh, Manila. Yeah. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. I'll get it to him. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.